spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and... Producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. The idea of paying compensation for slavery has gained traction in some quarters, cities and universities, in the last couple of years. In 2020, California became the first state to form a reparations task force. Now, San Francisco has a draft reparations plan. The Board of Supervisors received it enthusiastically, according to the press accounts, on Tuesday night. It generated lots of headlines, and I want to know more. Tanish Hollins is the vice chair of the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee there and joins me now. Hi, Tanish. Thank you so much for your time. Tell me about Tuesday night. What was the purpose of Tuesday night's meeting as it relates to reparations? Well, Tuesday evening was the first time that the African-American Reparations Reparations Advisory Committee presented uh, the draft report and recommendations to the full board of supervisors with the hope of getting uh, support uh, to adopt a resolution uh, for this plan that will be completed in June of this year. For for how long has your advisory committee been working and what has that process been like? Well, our committee was formed a uh, little more than a year ago. Uh, we've had over 60 meetings um, and in that process, we've heard from community members, we've worked with academic researchers and scholars, legal experts, um, and really pulled together identifying the harms that have been done to Black San Franciscans, um, specifically through racialized policies um, and, and covenants, uh, and then solutions that we like to see, recommendations that we like to see to repair the harm. And those proposals or those possible uh, means of dealing with the past and I guess you would say current discrimination, they are a broad range of categories. For example, the Associated Press began its coverage by saying this, payments of $5 million to every eligible black adult, the elimination of personal debt and tax burdens, guaranteed annual income of at least $97,000 for 250 years, and homes in San Francisco for just $1 per family. That's part of the range of uh, considerations that were presented? Well, there are 111 recommendations in total. The ones that you mentioned uh, fall under the economic recommendations that we've made, but there are also recommendations in health, their recommendations, in policy, and education, and other areas. And we'd like to see an exploration of all those recommendations. 
you know the one that gets the headline is the five mil. In fact, the Associated Press in their copy of it, San Francisco board open to reparations with five million dollar payouts. Is the intent that there would be one of these selected or that it would be a combination thereof? It's the intent that the board look at all of the recommendations that have been put forth and see what's feasible and doable for the city and county of San Francisco. That's their responsibility. And when you say feasible, do you mean financially? I mean, in all levels. Uh, and we certainly want the city to explore compensation. And from what we heard from the board on Tuesday, there is a strong consideration for that. Whether the number is $5 million or less, the board is committed to looking at ways to pay financial compensation to Black San Francisco. And, of, of course, you know I'm going to get to the question. I may as well get there now of, well, how are they going to be able to pay for it? That is not for me to determine. When someone is uh, filing a complaint of harm, uh, they're not asked to uh, find out how the agency or the person that's done the harm is going to be able to pay that compensation. That is really a responsibility of the city. So in other words, your view is that the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee has a task, and the task is to define what is the harm that's been done and what would be a proper means of compensation, how it then gets handled and paid for. That's the, what, Board of Supervisors? That's right. That's the Board of Supervisors and the mayor. What, so what was the reaction like? Take me in that room on Tuesday night and, and talk to me not only about the supervisors, but also about the crowd. We had over 300 community members uh, come to City Hall for a rally and to uh, listen to the presentation and participate in the hearing. Uh, I think for me personally, I think for many of uh, the members of the community who were there, to hear each member of the Board of Supervisors uh, not only acknowledge and recognize the harm that's been done to Black San Franciscans, specifically through policies that were either enacted in San Francisco or had to be enforced by San Francisco, um, to hear each of them admit that and also acknowledge um, that Black San Franciscans need and deserve justice for those harms was very, very affirming. And the commitment to review all of the recommendations and see what's possible and do what they can was also uh, gave the community a lot of hope. And I think it also uh, dispels the myth that things are impossible um, even when we have challenges. We've seen the city and county of San Francisco move mountains when we want to address an issue or we want to uh, give justice to our communities. And we have faith that San Francisco will do the same thing this time for Black San Francisco. So, and, and I, I get that the implementation of this is going to be left to others, but given your experience in studying the issue, what would be the best way to implement some of the reparations you seek? For example, I understand that today, uh, Folks who are black account for less than 6% of the city's population. So would those 6% who are currently there be the beneficiaries? Could people move there between now and implementation and still partake in this? How would the implementation work? So implementation, again, is something that's uh, yet to be determined. Well, as we're working to refine the recommendations and the eligibility criteria, that will really determine how individuals would be eligible, eligible um, to receive uh, reparations or to be eligible for reparations. Um, you know, we're not anticipating that people would move back to qualify. It's not a residency uh, requirement. It is uh, a lineage requirement and then a time requirement in terms of how long an individual has been in San Francisco. Those are um, the two stable criteria that we have. Other criteria around eligibility is still being explored. So, I'm sorry, you said lineage and also residency? 
Yes. So lineage being that they are a black American descendant of chattel slavery. Uh, and then residency, and that would go to the length of time an individual lived in San Francisco or can verify that they were born in San Francisco on public record. So just because someone and again, is... all of the eligibility criteria is still in development. I understand. But just because someone is, is black and today living in San Francisco doesn't mean if it were implemented along the lines that some envisioned, that they would necessarily be compensated because they'd have to meet that lineage standard. Correct. Just because someone is black and lives in San Francisco does not, not automatically enough. make them eligible for reparations. Okay. Will you explain to me a little further the lineage requirement as, as it might come to pass? I think you said shadow slavery. Pardon my naivete. I don't know what that means. Chattel slavery would be... Chattel, oh, uh, personal I'll, property. I got it. I mis, I misheard you. Okay, yes. so they, they would okay. have to show... I know yeah, they, they would have to show that they are they are a, a descendant of someone who was treated as, as property and who was enslaved. Yes. And so long country. as they meet... in and, and so long as they meet that and a residency of some de- to-be-determined uh, requirement, then they would be eligible. Yes, those are the two fixed criteria, that they be a descendant of an enslaved person, enslaved black person in this country, and that they have uh, are able to prove residency during the timeline that we determine uh, in San Francisco. Tanish Hollins is the vice chair of the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Tanish, you referenced racialized policies earlier. How about someone who says I've been victim of discrimination uh, I'm not a descendant of a slave, but I am a person of color and I have been discriminated against on that basis, maybe through, I don't know, zoning, uh, maybe through employment because they can't meet the lineage requirement. 
would they be eligible for reparations? Well, I mean, there are other ways to address discrimination, right? There are litigation, legal processes that individuals can go through. Reparations is specifically for harms done to individuals who are descendants of slavery. So that is a completely separate thing. While, you know, many individuals, regardless of their racial or ethnic background, can experience discrimination, reparations is specific to individuals um, who are descendants of enslaved persons. So my my purpose, and I'm appreciative of you being here today because I read the headlines and I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. I'd like to know more about it. That is my sole agenda with you. I know that there are people who are listening who are hearing this and saying, well, you know, come on, it's San Francisco again. You know what their idea, what progressive idea do they have now? They want to give everybody of color $5 million. There's no way they could ever afford that. To that mindset, you would say what? I would say um, do not sensationalize or minimize the issue um, that we are raising, right? This is an issue of justice. Um, specifically for black San Franciscans and folks who are descendants of chattel slavery in this country. Um, whether or not folks agree with or understand the recommendations, they should at least take the time to research the history of San Francisco and specifically how black San Franciscans and descendants of slavery have been marginalized and harmed by policy. All of this information is free, available, um, and actually widely known and understood. Um, but to learn more specifically about the work that we are doing, the process, um, and this larger discussion, uh, it, the best way to do that is to actually, whether it's in person or virtually, attend the upcoming um, series of uh, public meetings that we're holding. The African-American Reparations Advisory Committee meets monthly on the second Monday of each month, and those meetings are also live-streamed on TV, and uh, you can look at our website, sfreparations.org, to learn more about the process and the end, uh, the data, the statistics, and the rationale behind the recommendations that we're making. That information can also be found in the report. I, I recognize, I'll say for the third time, that implementation is, is not your thing, but obviously you've thought a great deal about the issue. If I could establish both lineage and residency, but today I'm a doctor or a lawyer and I'm doing just fine economically, in your mind, would I still be eligible? What your current financial status is has nothing to do with your eligibility for a claim. I would say that you know, individuals from other uh, communities, ethnic communities that have been harmed, such as folks who are Jewish who received reparations for family members who were, you know, um, harmed during the Holocaust. No one looked at their current financial standing to see if they were economically um, disadvantaged to be able to receive that benefit. It has nothing to do with your economic status. It has everything to do with how those past harms have directly impacted you and your lineage. And where you may be successful, that may not have anything to do um, with the with the lineage that you come from, your family members who may have been disenfranchised. And you can still experience disenfranchisement, specifically uh, Black Americans, even with those successes. So one does not relate to the other. Tanish, a person, by the way, thank you for responding to my questions. I do appreciate it, and I love having the conversation. To someone who came oh, from Eastern Europe, and to someone who came from Eastern Europe and was discriminated against because they, they were met with disfavor. Maybe they maybe they came from Italy and they arrived at Ellis Island and without papers became a slur against people of Italian-American heritage. They couldn't get particular types of jobs. They're listening to this right now 
And they're saying, well, wait a minute. My folks were not enslaved, but they were discriminated against nonetheless. You would say, what about the uniqueness of the original sin? I would say the uniqueness of the original sin, specifically here in America, is that black individuals, Africans specifically, were taken from their from their continent and brought specifically to this country for the purpose of free labor um, and enslaved and treated as property, insured as property, um, and helped build the wealth of this country and were uh, legally disenfranchised, um, not even adding on the hatred uh, and, and racialized discrimination that they experienced. That is what's unique to Black Americans lineage here. While many individuals, unfortunately, have experienced, um, you know, discrimination and have their own stories in terms of how ethnicity and cultural bias play a part in that, uh, reparations is specifically for individuals who were enslaved and continue, uh, their descendants continue to be disenfranchised uh, specifically because they are lineage, uh, you know, descendants of black slaves in this country. That how is the dis- how disappointed will you be if the Board of Supervisors comes back in June and says, very well-intentioned, we agree something should be done here, but we just can't afford to do it. We're in dire straits, the city is hurting, et cetera, et cetera. I don't expect the Board of Supervisors to come back and say they can do nothing. I do expect that the Board of Supervisors will come back um, with recommendations and thoughts about what they can do. There seems to be a strong commitment um, I even heard many of the supervisors say there are things that they can enact right now. And I assume that some of those things are not tied to financial compensation, but there's a commitment to look at that. In terms of how I would personally feel, I think that I, like many people, will continue to push the city of San Francisco and its leadership to see what they can do. Because, again, we've seen what they can do time and time again um, to rise to the occasion and support our communities. And there's an acknowledgement that that needs to happen. Doing that for black San Franciscans right now would improve outcomes for all communities in San Francisco. Tanish Hollins, vice chair of the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee in San Francisco. Thank you so much. That was very informative. I had questions and you provided answers and I appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I appreciate the conversation. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. 
Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. We found that really interesting, didn't we? Yes, we did. Tanish Hollins. Uh, let's see what the listeners thought. Jeremy, get right to it if you don't mind. From Ohio, what did you want to say? Yeah, for all, for all of your listeners who might be rolling their eyes and feeling this is just absurd hyperbole, I just want to just underscore the fact that no group in recorded history has endured what African Americans endured through slavery for as long as they have. And if we really just take a brief second to take a cursory glance at the egregious acts and how they've been treated, this is by far reasonable. And I, it, it pains me as an African-American that so many people have kind of the knee-jerk, this is, this, is not, this is unnecessary, this is absurd, blah, blah, blah. When we look at the, such the high crime rates, the high poverty rates, the high drug use rates, that exists in so many black communities in this country. It is a direct consequence of this, and, and it has to be fixed. As a parent of black kids, as, a, as, as one who hopes to have grandchildren, I hope that I can live in a country that will be able to eventually face its, uh, its uh, egregious acts and say we're going to do something about it and not be scared. Jeremy, thank you for all that. I appreciate it very much. Anthony, quick reaction from Sugarland, Texas. Hi. Hey, Michael. Um, you know, I'm not against reparations at all. Um, I think they could have some benefit, but I'm just curious as to why San Francisco, you know. I'm here in Texas, and I don't think that it's gonna, their actions are going to influence anything here in the South. Well, okay, if the, ho- if, the host, if the host of the program was on top of his game, he probably would have asked, was there something unique to the black experience in San Francisco? I don't, I'm unaware of anything that distinguishes San Francisco in that regard. I think the answer is probably because San Francisco is progressive and an idea like this could get a lot more traction there than it's going to get in Sugarland, Texas. Yep. Can I add one last thing, Michael? Real quick. Why not why not focus on programs that might benefit people in San Francisco like affordable housing or education, scholarships, that kind of thing? Perhaps perhaps it will be that. I mean, I I frankly don't think that the reparations movement, if I should label it as such, does itself a favor by having a five million dollar item on that list, because what does it do? It allows. Yeah. Go ahead. Say it, TC. I said like that. I'm pointing at Fox TV because that's all you've seen. It is the headline. You heard they want five million. Right. And then then people don't. And she knew it when you said that. She said that wasn't the only thing that they were asking for. That's why I, I wanted to get the and, whole um, story told. But yes, it, it allows it to be too easily dismissed. Dwayne, thank you, sir. New York, you most wanted to say what? 1849, the gold rush. Blacks could not participate in the 1849 gold rush in San Francisco. They were prohibited from owning land. Levi Strauss started his company, Jewish Guy, in 1849 or thereabout because he was not discriminated against. I'm a San Franciscan. I lived there for 10 years, 
And certainly this is a step in the right direction for that type of thing. Uh, you know, you can compare it somewhat to what happened to the Jews in Germany, but really uh, from Harvard owning slaves to GW owning slaves, the amount of money that slave, slavery brought to this country uh, is tremendous, and it needs to be a reckoning. Appreciate it, Dwayne. Thank you, sir. Mark is in San Diego. Quickly, Mark, hi. Hi. Happy birthday. My birthday was Friday, too. A question. Right. Happy birthday My to you. My family goes back to, oh, thank you. My family goes back to San Francisco, back to the 1800s, after slavery. And uh, what I was wondering, the thing is, they moved the year I was born. So can I, am I able to apply for this on behalf of my parents, grandparents, or by multitude of cousins that are still in San Francisco? I, I, I don't. I, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know, and my guest doesn't know. She said, "You know, eligibility would have to be determined. It's going to come down to residence and lineage, but that's not that's not her role, at least not at the present time. How about this? To be determined and developing." The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.